0: For
1: my LA sisters. One time, one time. Got the stock open up one time. I found paces is a virtue. One and now <laughs> cat.
0: One what one, one love? One love. One, one, love. One, love. One, one love, one, love, one, love, one love, one love. One love one love. Yeah. Yeah. Back for another week, another pod. Another time to listen to young fabs and young muffins. Episode 74, man, what's
2: going on? Episode 74, Muff, we say this every week. But if if you don't already, or you know someone that should, be sure to follow us at day one lifestyle. Follow the muffy man at the muffy man32, and you can follow me if you want at Fabs304. As always, man, I feel like a robot saying this, but you know we appreciate you guys for real because it's not possible we wouldn't keep going if no one was listening even even if a couple was listening it don't matter what the number is but we appreciate you guys tuning in or uh you know just interacting with us on the socials and all that stuff so uh i know muff feels the same way but muff man episode 74 man um we got a good i I feel like i'm saying this a lot but i think it's true we got a good guest on today but let me let me chill on all that right now how are you done what's good with the muffin man on episode seventy four, man, February is upon us. Shoot, another day, another dollar, man.
0: I, I ain't no financial advisor by any means, but I tell you what, I've been having a ball this, <laughs> this past couple of weeks, man. I'm stoked. <laughs> the stonks. you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's, it's been a crazy couple of weeks,
2: bro. You know, I've been I've been enjoying it because, like I say, I say on here, you know me, me and all my friends are talking about. Oh man, this is like like I had people hit me up. month talking about. Oh, this is like sports bet, man. This I kind of like this stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> oh man. I'm not no financial guy. I know I don't need to be playing around with this stuff but hey how do you make a parlay on this uh, Robin Hood this Charles (laughs) Schwab man that
0: that was the funniest thing she told me somebody literally said how you make a parlay on this thing yo, that was that was the funniest thing ever but it's like it really is kind of similar how you can kind of line them up (laughs) somewhat but at the same time uh, but yeah, man, I don't, it's just funny like seeing like you know all this Reddit stuff and all these people talking about it like it just it's fun to see more people like actually know learning about investing and like trading and all that stuff like it's just it really is cool to see you know more people should really get into investing do your research first <laughs> number one do your research first ask somebody that might know but it's just fun to see everybody getting getting active with it you know
2: no because that's what I was gonna say like on a serious note for real I mean you really do enjoy uh, a lot of that stuff I mean. I, I'm trying to, you know, enjoy, you know, check it out more. Obviously, I'm, you know, I enjoy the sports stuff a little bit more, but I did think it was kind of crazy how the internet just went, like, like, every morning for a couple of days there. It was like, hey, nine is coming around. Like, it was like people actually knew about that. And uh, I was even, you yeah, know, I was tuning in every 9.30, just seeing what was going on. So, what you, do you think about that, though?
0: I mean, I'll tell you what. I normally can't sleep on Sunday nights anyway because I'm ready for the market to open. Like, I'm like, uh, what, it was like the late night show, but it was like on a... I forgot what channel was, but he's like outside the gate. He's like, let me in. Like, that's how I feel every Sunday night. But I mean, I feel like, you know, it's just cool because we're in the digital era. We got a lot of younger people, you know, younger investors. And of course, they're on the apps. I'm not going to dra- not name drop any of the apps and everything. But it's like you got different ones that people are now being able to learn about it, whether it be crypto, regular stocks, options, penny stocks. So for me, it's, it's awesome because like all those resources out there, you got YouTube, you got Twitter, you got I would stay away from Facebook for this type of stuff, but, <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. It's just, it really is cool to see like more people getting into it because it's so much, it's so much you can do with it. Like you don't got to sit on there all day. You could park it in something, you know, that's, that's very secure. Like, you know, long-term stocks, let it sit. And then five years, check it and you will be surprised, you know?
2: Yeah. I'm not a financial advisor. And though. that's it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm for it. Um, that's yeah, it. besides that, though, bro, I'm just trying to think, just catch up a little bit. Yeah, besides that, though, um, what'd you think, would you think old, uh, Braun? Braun and, uh, they had all kinds of names. Courtside, Karen,
0: what, be, uh, Baseline oh, Becky? Baseline Becky.
2: <laughs> bro,
0: that, that's honestly the funniest thing ever. Daddy Carlos, 06. Don't you talk to my husband like that. I'll beat you, I'll whoop you. Bro, it was, it
2: was, it was funny, though, because I, I think Braun even said after the game, though, like, Hey, like the banner was the banner was good, like just because we haven't had fans in arenas at all really and like I think Atlanta, Atlanta might be one of the only places that must do because I or maybe I just haven't noticed it, but yeah. they're like, ah, we're doing courtside. So I think I actually you know, saw
0: that that her husband had been posting stuff about LeBron for years, literally on Instagram. Like few f I, I don't yeah, know what his ad name that's, is. Daddy yeah. Carlos. Daddy Carlos. Oh yeah, Daddy Carlos, yeah. Oh, I saw he'd been posting respect, stuff about him. Man. Yeah, I don't even know respect <laughs> it, there was like it was like old uh, Roid something. Roid steroid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> old strong nigga. <neck> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I'm just saying. I just. Old abs <laughs> on the back of your neck, looking at. him. I guess it just made me think. Old <laughs> like, calves on the back
2: of your arms, <laughs> looking at. This huh? guy, man. Be here all day. Old biceps
0: on your kneecap, looking at. Him.
2: No, but I just think it, it made me think, like, man, when the when the arenas get full again, I, whenever that will be, like. I think it you know I think the crowds are going to be like really turned up and and I think I think the people in the court are going to feed off it too whatever sport it is I think you know I just think all oh, around right, it's just going to be it's just going to give us some more funny moments for real
0: yeah honestly I wish we had like and I know I said it before but I wish we had regular TV to watch the games then I wish we had uncut TV I'd pay a premium subscription to listen to like mics on the floor to listen to the fans and the players talk to each other like just going I know they'd be saying some wild stuff down there Oh, without a doubt, man. Um, no, they do. Especially in playoff time. No, the funniest one, and this is old, but it was with Isaiah Thomas, when the dude was like flipping him off and calling him all kinds of words, and Isaiah, he said he went up into the stands, he confronted the dude, he was like, hey, man, like I'm a man at the end of the day, and then he was like, man, I just wanted a Frosty. <laughs> I just wanted a Frosty. Oh, man. That was funny, man. But, uh, nah, we're, we're going to we'll talk
2: more NBA. We got a lot of hoop talk on this, but we'll save that for next episode, some. Yep, yep, for sure. We got to give our best names in college hoops this year because we haven't done that yet.
0: Fats Russell, number one.
2: Fats Russell. I'm going to throw one at you here that I think is, if not one, he's 2-3. And that's, you got to go with him, Remy Martin, Arizona State. Shout out oh, to Oh, yeah. Maybe drinking a little Remy Martin after game two. You know, you could pair that right. Nice branding deal right after you, you know, you graduate.
0: DJ Thunderbunk. That's I a like fun like I like that. Earl Timberlake, you got to give him something too, just cause just off Timberlake, but.
2: J- uh, Justin, yeah, Justin yeah. from Miami. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. I like I like Tiger Campbell. I like Tiger Campbell from UCLA. I like that name.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, it was one. Um, last name is Bowie. Is it uh? B- yeah, Boo Boy. Like, like that just yeah. sounds like like a, like a like a like a Mario Kart like type of sound effect. Like Boo but but boy.
2: You know it's crazy? I think every player we just named, they're they're pretty good. There might be some some other really good names out there and we probably just haven't heard them because but they might be on the, you know, 12th man on the bench, mm-hmm. but all the, all those guys we named, I mean, they can get buckets. So, shout out to them for having cool names right. and being able to, you know, get some buckets. But now, I'm up. that kind of goes hand in hand with our, our guest on today, even though he's been out of he hasn't been playing and he's not playing this year obviously, but our we got we got King McCord joining us, former Baylor Maybe. guard. Man. I think King king i mean that's a that's that's up there on a on an awesome name um but like i said now we got former baylor great uh four-year standout and current espn analyst king McClure joining us king played from baylor from 2015 to 2019 i mean he had a great career and like i said right out the gate um he's in his second year now with with espn um doing doing games and stuff like that so i'm looking forward to this conversation man
0: yeah, same. Let's bring him on. Bring it on!
1: Incredible. Fast. Incredible. You, George Fullman, all of you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. All of you. I know you got him. I know you got him picked.
0: But the man's in trouble. I'm going to show you how good <laughs> King okay, man, thanks for coming on. It was good, you know, hearing from you on the call, you know, calling the WU game the other night and happy to have you on now. Hey, appreciate you having me for real. Yes sir, yes sir. Well, you know, we have some info on you. The listeners I'm sure you'll wanna probably tell them a little bit better, but you know, what was it like growing up in Dallas?
1: Um it was it was a good experience. I mean I like to think of it as um I really I ain't come from like really nothing. Like I, I my parents were, were decent. They were kind of well off. And, uh, so I, I mean, I, I had everything I needed, uh, but I think one thing that was instilled in me when I was young, was just hard work. And I think that my dad, uh, regardless of the fact that, you know, he had a little bit of money, not, not a lot, just a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, he was like, you're not, I going to give it to you. you know, like some kids, like, I'm not going to spoil you. I mean, so growing up, it was just a whole bunch of hard work. And I stayed in the gym constantly. Uh, I love playing basketball. I love being in that atmosphere. Uh, so my dad put a ball in my hand since I was like two. And it, you know, it didn't go anywhere. It sticked and it stayed. And I played all the way until I was uh, uh, recently, like twenty three. I actually I still play, but I played like actually like at Baylor. And I didn't play professionally, but I played all the way up until Baylor. And so it stuck for probably about twenty two-ish years, I think. Yeah.
0: That's awesome, man. Now I ain't gonna tell you where I got this from, but word around town is you've been at the South Dallas Swag. Is
1: that true? <laughs> Nah, not at all. I, I, I didn't invent that. I, mean, I know a few people that probably did invent that, but I wasn't, one of know.
0: <laughs> nah, that's all good, man.
2: Now, come, coming out of high school in Dallas, you were, uh, I want to say, like, 36th or 37th on the ESPN Top 100 um, list of players. You had a bunch of heavy hitters coming at you, man. What made you end up picking to go to Baylor?
1: Um, I mean, I think... Um... It was just a, the it was multiple reasons, but I think that uh, and had North Carolina. I came in there probably about two three weeks earlier. I probably would have been a Tar Heel. We probably wouldn't be on this, this phone call right now because I would have never played against West Virginia. Uh, but uh, basically, it was just the proximity to the house and the relationship I had built with Coach Drew, uh, Coach Tang, the assistant. He he offered me in in the eighth grade, and uh, it was the first offer. They were about. I was about 55 minutes from the house. Um, My parents were able to come to every single game. Just the whole uh, Christian atmosphere, the academics, everything. Everything I stood for, I felt like they embraced it. And they they really helped me see, like, this is the place for you. And it felt like home. So that was probably the biggest few, probably three, four biggest reasons why I chose that school.
0: Okay. Okay. Now, going into your freshman year, um, you actually found out you had some pretty devastating news about like your heart condition. I try to pronounce it, but I would probably butcher it myself. But like, how tough was that for you to kind of get that news and
1: your potential future? So I, I, um, I have hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, uh, which means the walls of your heart get thicker when you do like physical activity. So like, my my walls are uh, way thicker than the average heart, and it's probably about probably about my life four five. I'm not good with that stuff so I just know that the walls of the heart get thicker uh, which can like restrict blood flow uh, going to the lungs and make it harder for their your heart to actually pump uh, but when I heard the news it was devastating man I mean when I heard uh, three doctors three really uh, highly renowned doctors uh, in, in the industry tell me like hey you're done and you'll never be able to play basketball but again it hurt I mean like I said I, I was playing basketball since I was two the ball's always been in my hands. This is basically my life. Um, but it was hard. I, that's who I was. I put my identity so much in basketball. And they realize I'm bigger than a basketball player. Like a lot of dudes don't realize that. They don't understand that this game is going to end. The ball's going to stop bouncing. What are you going to do afterwards? And that's when I first had to realize that. I first had to, you know, that was my first realization, I guess, reality check in a sense. Like, can you get more than just basketball player? Like, you literally had this taken away from you. What are you going to do how are you going to react and i think that was the biggest thing for me learning how to take my difficult circumstances into a positive outcome
2: do you remember uh actually current coach uh monty williams from phoenix suns do you remember that call with him
1: uh, yeah so uh my high school coach was tim singleton he called well he uh he played with monty williams at notre dame i think it was him monty and, and lafonso ellis on the same team, but um, he played with Monty, and he realized that Monty had the same heart disease as me. So he told me to call him and Manny, um, I called him, Monty picked up the phone and that man right there, he's so powerful. Like just when he went through his whole stuff with his wife and how, how he handled that, how he was able to get in front of everybody, uh, be so strong and courageous and say that he forgave, forgives the family who, who killed his wife. And like that right there, like I always looked up to that man. Uh, but when he called me, it was huge, just because the, the, the strength and the confidence that he gave me. You know, like I've been, in, I've been in your shoes before. You'll get through this. You'll overcome this. Uh, you, you're bigger than this moment. You'll be able to take this moment and impact the lives of thousands, maybe millions, of people. And that was one of the biggest phone calls of my life. I mean, he's one of my biggest uh, supporters, one of my biggest advocates. Um, I can call him to the day if I need something from him, but he's a great man. And that, that phone call was huge. And it honestly kind of like changed my mind, changed the way I hold the whole way I viewed this.
0: Yeah, and that's you know adversity is something that really builds up character, builds up strength, and kind of sees you through it. Even in your tough times, you'll you'll remember why you started. And for you, I mean, of course, you played four years at Baylor. How did that feel? Knowing what you knew, getting the news that you got, but then still being able to overcome that. How did that make you feel?
1: I mean, that made me feel you know, wonderful. I mean, honestly, just in in a sense, it kind of just made me feel grateful. You know, like the game was taken away from you. So, but with the game being taken away from me, I know how that felt. But for me to still have that opportunity to go out here and play and do something I don't think has ever been done in college basketball. I don't think anybody's ever played with a defibrillator inside their chest. Um, and for me, that is just a sign of me being grateful. I mean, it's just, as all it really is. I mean, me even being able to go to West Virginia, me going to Kansas, me going to all these different arenas I played at and being able to make an impact. and people hear my story and they see me on the court and they're like, Hey, he's playing with ACM. I can do it too. Or just people seeing my story, reading my story and, you know, just giving them hope and giving them the inspiration that they needed to get over that hump. That's the biggest thing for me. I think that's what my calling in life is is to use my platform in order to inspire and help others. And I think that Baylor just uh, propelled it a little bit uh, by giving me that opportunity.
0: That's great, man. Yeah. Even though, you know, Baylor, they always, you know, it's it's a tough game. No matter when we play, like, you know, it it is a great university and you being able to use your platform, you know, like basketball isn't your identity. It's kind of your vehicle that you're using to spread the message of, hey, you can overcome anything. And especially now with you being in a position, you know, covering every single game, being able to talk, being able to talk fluently about the games, number one, but really knowing your experience and where you came from. Um, you know, talk a little bit about you coming right out the gate, signing a contract with ESPN last year, um, you know, being an analyst like what made you really want to become a broadcaster and where you think about playing still, or what was kind of your thoughts in that time?
1: Yeah, man. So, um, I mean, I never really like when I was in college, I never really had a plan B I and mean, my whole plan A was maybe gonna try to go to the NBA. I'm gonna go overseas and make some money. Um, so when I came out, I, uh, I went through my process and then every single NBA team told me no, cause of my heart disease. And also at the time I had a daughter, I have a daughter. She is, she was, she was like almost two at that time. She's about to be three in a few weeks here, but she was almost two at the time. And I, I didn't want to leave her and be a million miles away from her and not be able to talk to her. Cause I take pride in being a good father. That's one of the things that like, I really just, I stand upon. Because. Uh, I mean, it's serious to me. Just raising, raising, raising a child. Um, So I didn't want to leave her. Uh, So I made this decision to just not play basketball. And honestly, I I was blessed. I don't know how this happened, but by the grace of God. uh, So a lot of people covered my story, like Holly wrote, wrote, Holly wrote, covered my story. And uh, Boog Shyambi, who's a play by play guy, he did a few of our games. And I had talked to both of them and told them that I wanted to maybe getting the TV afterwards. And uh, they both told me, hey, when you're done, just hit me up and I'll see what I can do with help. And I guess they didn't realize it was going to be so soon. Um, so I hit them up, took their word on it, and they helped me. And I ended up calling the producer, calling the head guy, David Seisler. He called me, We talked for about 30 minutes. Um, he gave me, a, told me to give him an audition tape. I didn't have one because I'd never even thought about being uh, on TV ever. So I never even created a reel. I didn't know what a reel was. I just knew a highlight tape was like something, that just like a, a baller's life mixtape from, from basketball and something like that. So I ended up sending them a, a, a makeshift reel. They thought it was solid. So they flew me out for an audition. Uh, I guess I did decent. And they ended up signing me um, right out. And I mean, it was a blessing, bro. Because to be honest, for the longest, I knew what I was going to do. I mean, every NBA team told me no, I didn't want to go overseas i didn't have a plan b i was like almost stuck i was at a place in my life where i was just literally stuck now i know what i wanted to do ESPN actually took three months to get back to me um so like those three months were stressful because i wasn't playing ball no more i was like like, i gotta get a regular job I gotta use my degree and get a job bro. like ain't nothing wrong with it but just this is not what i planned for my life at the moment um so by the grace of god they called me and boom i'm here Uh, second year in try to do my thing hey let's go
2: (laughs) (laughs) nah but 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 i mean i would say also though you you did put in i think even though you didn't know like you said by the grace of god just how things fell fell in place but like i i heard before that you also like like you you were talking to holly robe at a baylor women's basketball game and like you're like kind of you know just feeling it feeling it and then um I believe it was maybe March Madness around that time. I think I think you were chopping it up with like Ernie, uh, Ernie, and Carl Kadohagi, and I. Was, so like, did that give you any feel then? Like looking back now, think about that. Did that give you any feel? Like, hey, maybe I do kind of like this. Like just just talking hoops. Like,
1: yeah. So I think my first three years, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Right. So then my senior year, I did. I still didn't know what I wanted to do, but the signs I like, kept aligning. Like mm-hmm. this is the path you need to go on. Like this, for instance. We did a preseason interview, so basically we had a whole bunch of new guys, and they wanted me to interview all the new guys to basically basically introduce them. So I did all of those. Uh, I didn't write any script. I just did all, did up the top of the dome. And DK, our SID guy, he was the first person to tell me like, "Bro, you're you actually kind of good at this. You might want to consider this." So I said, "All right, cool, whatever, bro. Like maybe. I just want to I just want to hoop. I want to get buckets." So we went to <laughs> media day. Holly Rowe was there. Holly Rowe uh, interviewed me to cover my story and um, after the interview she was like hey he didn't know I was gonna do this but I talked to DK and now he's gonna interview me she was like uh three two one go and I was like oh shoot like (laughs) I just did it and I I did I nailed it she was like whoa She's like, you might actually have a future in this like you're kind of good and when, you know, a person like Holly Rowe or somebody that's as big as her that tells you you're kind of good at something, you're like, okay, maybe I want to take this a little bit more serious. So time goes by. Uh, our girl's about to play UConn. Holly Rowe's doing the game. Holly Rowe, I'm about to get ready for practice. I'm warming up. Holly Rowe gets me out of the gym and tells me to come in. It was like, hey, I want you to shout on me tonight. Uh, i get you a headset and everything. I just want you to be next to me. She let me make up questions that she asked uh, the players during halftime and just all types of things. And that was another sign. And then fast forward and March Madness comes along, final four, and I hit up Clark Kellogg, cause me and Clark, uh, he's been one of my mentors too, throughout this whole thing. And he uh, he basically told, I told him I was gonna be in uh, Minneapolis playing in the three-on-three tournament that they have for all the seniors uh, during the same weekend as the final four he said, all right, cool. Hey, I'm gonna leave you a pass. So you go get your pass and you can just I'll meet you at the, at the arena. So he gave me a pass. He gave me like an all like access pass. I could go anywhere I wanted to on the floor and everything. So I got to see him, uh Charles Barkley, Ernie, uh was Kenny. Yeah, Kenny? Kenny. Yeah. I got to see uh, how they how they work, how they act, just everything. And that was the other sign. And I think those signs just all lined up. And um, Holly Rowe, then Holly Rowe was in Oklahoma. Nobody knows this. She was in Oklahoma City doing the College World Series. And she was like, hey, I'm out here. Cause you know, she know I live in Dallas. Like, hey, I'm out here. If you want to come like put in some work and like learn, like drive up here. And I was like, shoot, I gotta go. So Zoom. <laughs> I, went. I, I drove about four or five hours. I met with her. She literally helped me, uh, helped me, like, learn a whole lot, and then she ended up taking a picture of us in the hotel room just, like, watching, like, learning and, like, doing film studies, and she sent it to the boss and was like, look, King drove five hours just to work with me. I think this kid is serious, mm-hmm. and I think that was one of the things that really just was like, all right, we're gonna hire this dude, um, it was a smart move by me, <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So, so, i did that and like i said they they ended up bringing me on um and they don't train you so like it was kind of weird i thought espn would train you but they don't train you in this it's more like a sink or swim type deal like they're gonna get you in here they're gonna throw you in the fire see if you're gonna you're gonna be able to to last or not um so i was able to last thankfully you know (laughs)
2: yeah muff i was gonna just say like that's something me and you always talk about like obviously you know i mean you see it on twitter with some of the nba guys like oh this guy's trash for it i'm not trying to trash anyone but what i'm saying is is that not every athlete of course has the you know the commentary skills but like for the most part for me and i'm off i'm gonna speak for you like we enjoy hearing you and other athletes talk because you know on the game because it, it you guys are seeing stuff and analyzing things that sometimes every us everyday people wouldn't, wouldn't see it you know necessarily or think about you know like we we had uh our, our guy deshaun butler on here and we were talking about deuce mcbride first thing he's talking about is how jawan has got them uh you know looking at ball screens handling ball screens um, what, what are they going to do with the big, you know? Most mo- most common people like ourselves, we're looking at, is he going to shoot it, is he going to pass it, you know? We're looking at, is he dunking, is he shooting three? So getting some insight on that side. And um, I think, Muff, we always talk about, you know, the, with Romo. Of course, Romo's the easiest guy to look at in the NFL. It's not, it doesn't feel forced, though, you know? It's just like, I'm just telling you what I see. And, you know, I think that's why, like I said, we enjoy you on the call also. So.
1: I appreciate that. I think one thing I try to focus on when I'm calling the game Uh, for me because i think i'm different right i just think because i'm so so much younger like the the words i use the phrases i use it's just not what you're typically accustomed to hearing like i want to make it seem like if i'm calling a game it's like me and you just chilling in the room and like we're just literally watching the game talking basketball that's how i try to make it try to make it feel just because i feel like i listen to a lot of guys um i'm just like i'm not entertained like i'm just like okay i might as well just mute the mute mute the. The TV and I'll talk about the game myself because I feel like I know the game way more than some of these guys out here. Not trying to bash anybody, that's just how I feel. Um, so I just feel like a lot of times I just want to be more so entertaining but also just informative and make it feel like I'm just super relaxed. And like, like I said, just kicking on the couch just watching the game,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, man. Like being able to watch the game, being able to do what you do is incredible, man. And you know, again, Baylor's a great basketball team, so that's going to actually lead me to. A question from a friend of our podcast, uh, Country Acres 304. He wanted us to ask you if you think Baylor has the switch this year because they've been in tight games with like eight to nine minutes left but then end up blowing teams completely out by the end of the game. Do you think that they have like that switch to do it, you know, through let's say March Madness if we can actually have it this year?
1: Yeah, I think this year's Baylor team, um, I think last year's team, they were kind of. It was their first year playing playing with each other, so they were kind of young in a sense, like not really, but kind of sort of. Like Davion Mitchell, this was his first year uh, ever playing like like significant minutes for a really good team. Like he was at Auburn, he was a backup for Jared Harper. I'm looking at Oteague, This is that was Macy T's first year. I was playing in a high major, uh, a high major competition every single game. Uh, Jared Butler, he had played with me that. His, he was just ready, Jared yeah, Butler, because his freshman year, he was just ready. He a little different. He's tough. Um, when you look at yeah. those guys, they were just young. And I think this year, they get an extra year playing with each other. Plus, they're a year older. I and mean, whenever you get a year, get more of experience, you know what to expect. So last year in games, like, I think they came down to West Virginia and they lost towards the end of the year. Like games like that this year, you see them win. Like, you see them pull out because they just they grind it out. So I think this year, yeah, I think they had that switch. I like not being biased, but I genuinely think they have a great chance to win the national championship because they're playing at a super high level right now, for sure.
2: Hey, I was, I was about to say, man, I really don't want to bring it up, but, you know, I got to. You know, your senior year, man, you guys you guys got to the second round and, and took that loss to Gonzaga. I mean, this year, I don't think anyone can say different that Gonzaga and Baylor are the top two teams. And I know we, we didn't get to see that matchup, unfortunately, yet. I mean, I, I, I imagine we might see that, and you know anything could happen, but I imagine we might see that. Um, is that. Is that what you're thinking also right now, or what are you seeing right now?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think personally, um, I mean, if I had to, if I was a betting man, probably, um, but I mean, the tournament is crazy. And I think the one thing that Baylor might struggle with is when they match up with a, a, a team full of dogs, like a team for like three or four guys who are really gonna compete, and just really just get after you and like not not afraid, I think that's, who, that, that's where it, it might, you know, get a little grimy, like maybe like a Houston or a Michigan. I feel like those teams could potentially give Baylor the Zach of trouble just because their coaches are so tough and like they're not scared of that. They're going to compete, they're going to guard you, they're going to get up in you. Because with Baylor, when they, when they spread people out, like we saw against Texas, Texas just—they just—they just, they just, they just weren't—they just weren't ready. Like they—they they didn't know what hit them. They thought they had a great game plan, but they just can't guard one on one, and they got exposed like that. They're not able to guard our guards one on one, which is why I think Azaga couldn't beat Baylor because I don't know how you guard that. Because I don't think Jalen Suggs is gonna sit down on D. I don't think whoever that two man, Joe Yee probably will. Corey Kispert, I don't think he's gonna guard. Uh, Drew Timmy, if you put him on any type of ball screen, he's gonna get cooked. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know if they're going to play D like that. Uh, shout out to Timmy though. I love, love the dude. He's in Dallas. But <laughs> <laughs> <he's like it. laughs> But uh, I, I just think that, that I don't think they can guard, it. They can guard Baylor uh, with the way the guards are playing and how confident. I think Davion Mitchell is the key. I mean, he makes shots the way he's been making. Shooting at a 49% clip. I think it's pretty hard to guard. Almost impossible to guard, dude. For real.
0: Yeah, man. And, you know, with, with W, we got a very tough, I think, last six games coming up playing Baylor back-to-back. And it's a, it's a big if. But if W wins both of these games, you got to change your Twitter header to Bob Huggins. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey. whip the chains up. I, I'm, I'm down. I, I'll do that. I mean, I, th- I think it's, I don't think that that's a crazy thing. I think that because of Huggins and the way how tough Huggins is, I don't think that would be crazy to assume that West Virginia can win this game. Both of them, I don't know about both of them. One of them, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised just because they're you're tough. Like, like, you're tough and it's super tough and that's just Huggins. Yeah. Um, but no, nah, I, I don't think that's unreasonable to think that that WVU would, would beat Baylor. Yep. nah, no doubt, man. We we always got
0: hope no matter what, man. But you know, either way, you know, you did get to actually call the WVU game like we mentioned a little bit earlier. Um, you know, you said they're tough, but what are your thoughts? Like, who's your who's your favorite player on that team, or what do you like about the WV team so far this year?
1: Uh, I mean, I mean, the obvious answer is Miles and Bride and Derek Culver. They just two, uh, two just two dogs. Derek Culver's a man-child down low. The Miles and Brad is just an elite point guard, elite guard. But I, I think me personally, one of my favorite people that really don't get love is well, two people, uh, Emmett Matthews. I think Emmett Matthews could be so big for West Virginia. I don't know what it is. Like my senior year, when they went on, when I went on a run in uh, the conference tournament, mm-hmm. and Amy Matthews was playing like out of his mind. I think he might have like a thirty-point game or something like that. Yep. I was like, this dude is nice. He can hoop. He's six-seven, prototypical NBA wing. Who has game? Now he's athletic. He can hoop. I just don't know if it's a confidence thing or what it is, but he just hasn't lived up to that. And I think if they can get him going. Cause him at the four, like, cause I, I like, I like the, the kid, well, I forgot the kid's name. The new four that they just had. Uh,
0: uh, Jalen, not Jalen Bridges. Oh yeah. Jaylen. I like,
1: yeah. like Jalen Bridges at the four because he gets space. But I think if you put Emmett Matthews at the four uh, with Cobra at the five, I think that's dangerous. Cause I think Emmett Matthews puts the bar on the floor better than Jalen Bridges. And he's more versatile. He can guard uh, more position than Jalen Bridges. Um, and the second guy I like is Taz Sherman. I think dude is nice but i think Dudes was a straight bucket get up and I, I i really like admire his game he's one of my favorite players to watch in the 12. uh just he still being able to hoop like he's one of them dudes. i was like Bro, i would love to guard him and just see what he got all right. But well i i really like his game um i think he could be huge too um jordan mccabe i think he needs to uh you know i just be so confused like why why he didn't play at the beginning now all of a sudden he's playing like 25 minutes a game yeah, and that, that kind of confused me a little bit, uh, but I think they need a point guard, so I yeah. think that's why he's in the game. Yeah. Um, but I think if he can step up and really like make shots, I'd be probably the third person, like, because he's only shooting like what you shoot? 20, 26 from three. Yeah, he got to improve so, that for sure. Yeah. Six from three? That's that's not that's not gonna get you anywhere. Uh, so if he can make shots, I and mean, then Matthews can get his confidence going, and Tash Sherman can get buckets. I like this West Virginia team for real, I, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on here, but I really like that.
2: I think we. Muff, When did we have Emmett on here? Like last, probably probably right around before March Madness or so. I want to say,
1: but
0: he. Um, no, I think it was. It might have been like December.
2: Okay. Okay. I kind of. I kind of felt like the similar. What you're saying, the confidence thing. I. I did. I have saw recently. Like I think he's building the back up. I, I don't wanna don't quote me on this. I think he was one of our players that might have had COVID. I think that's what Coach Huggins was saying with the the weight loss and all that. So I do think he he will make his way back in the starting lineup. I, I think so too because I thought he played really good the other day. And I definitely do think we're a changed team when uh when he's when he's playing, um and spacing out the floor. I kind of like. I mean, obviously the defense is something, but I like how we play with the free flow and just having Derek at the five. So, but Muff, th- I, what I had to bring up was don't let King i You know, he, he might say he likes Taz's game, but Taz is from Texas, so I feel like that's the, the real reason that king's saying that man. Well, um, to be honest,
1: I ain't gonna lie to you. I didn't even know that. Hey. <laughs> I didn't even know Taz was from because uh, I'm not one of those people. Like I don't really like care where you're from. To be right. honest, right? I just, I just with about you. like what you do on the court. Like a lot of people want to know all the backstory. I don't really care about that, bro. I just want to know if you can hoop or not. Oh, I mean, I Texas boots because you said that. Hey, <laughs> even Rocking better. Now, for
2: real. <laughs> yeah, me, me, and Muff made a quick list of our. We like to just do stuff on Twitter all the time. We made a quick list of our favorite players that we like to watch so far this year. A couple. Of, I mean, both of us had Deuce McBride on, and we both like him. Muff had Taz also. West Virginia bias. Uh, Jalen Suggs. Uh, Mack Um I had Cade. Um, Jared Butler, Mamu from Seton Hall, and uh, Knight from from UConn. I really like the Big East a lot. Um, So we just wanna know who's maybe like two or three your favorite players, like not favorite, but who you like watching right now?
1: I think my number one player to watch right now is Sharif Cooper. I think dude is sick. I think just his passing ability, and the way that he's able to make his teammates better, like he's he's the kind of guy like you go to any open gym. I'm like, bro, I gotta play with him, like I, I have to because I know he's gonna find me in my spots, uh, give me the ball. He's a, he's little, but I think he has NBA potential for real because his pass. Have you ever y'all y'all watched him play?
0: Mm-hmm. I saw one game. Yep.
1: Man, his pass ability is crazy. Like against Baylor, they had a great game plan. They just forced him to shoot and try to take away his passer which he's not a great scorer yet, not a great shooter. Um, But when he's passing the ball like he normally does, it's ridiculous. Um, I like him. I like Knight a lot. I think he's talented. I think he has a really good chance. Uh, He's really, really good. Um, Who else? Uh, I like um, Kay Cunningham too. Last night was a little.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: was a little little shaky, but he uh, first half was kind of lazy. Second half, yeah, he, uh, he picked it up. He played well, but he his decision-making last night. I don't know if it was because he was back home, but his decision-making just wasn't wasn't there. And especially at the end, when he decided to go with like 11 seconds left, mm-hmm. you gotta be better than that. Um, but yeah, I think those three dudes are probably my favorites to watch. Jared Butler, I mean, I love watching JB. He, he's tough, yeah. His ability, he, he's nasty. His ability to just get buckets so easily. But I see that all the time, so yeah. Not
2: bad at all. I don't want to get on the young guys too much, but I do think this year, I, I don't know if it's just because, you know, less practice time or whatever, but I, some of the guys like the mock draft that you saw, like trying to go kind of early, you're starting to see them fade a little bit. And obviously I don't want to see that, you know, but maybe that might just be highlight culture and stuff, just hyping people too much and then our expectations. But, you know, I have noticed that lately this year, but Cooper's someone that I kind of think has been living up to the hype personally.
1: Man, you are, you – you just, you named it perfectly. I did, I've i been trying to put a word for it and <laughs> you gave me a word for it. Appreciate you. Highlight culture. There we go. That's exactly what it is. I mean, me personally, I I, I agree with that. Like, I think a lot of these dudes walk into campus with 400, 500,000 followers on IG. And it's like, bro, like, cool, you got the followers, but like, what you gonna do on the court? Like dudes walking around with, with like camera crews behind them, but they're really not like that. And then when you get to college, like all that stuff is dead. You got grown man you you playing against. You got to get a bucket on me. You can't score on me. Especially, I know that you got all this hype. I want to see what you're really about. So a lot of these guys, they, like you said, they're not living up to the hype because I think the highlight culture, I mean, a lot of guys want to blame it on uh, less practice. Yeah, that probably has something to do with it. But majority of it is highlight culture. Everybody does things for the gram. They do things for ballers, they do things for the camera crews, hoop mixtape, whatever. But the game's not really like that, which is why I think like when I when I came out, that's when all the stuff got started, but it really wasn't big yet. So like we didn't walk in with like, a whole bunch of followers. We just walked in ready to hoop and ready to play. I think that's why you saw like more impactful freshmen uh, in the younger classes as opposed to you do now. I mean, I think another thing is that team Ignite uh, with uh, all the guys who went to the G League instead of going to college. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that could really impact, But. Um, Ultimately, it's highlight culture. Like, I, I'm sold on the highlight culture and I might get bashed for that probably for saying that, but it's true. I mean, they got a problem. They can, they can go lace them up and I'm more than happy to lace them up and play you one-on-one for sure.
0: Nah, facts, man. We, we actually were talking about that on um, another podcast, how, like, the AAU scene and all that is way different now and being able to use social media the correct way versus, like, you know, you both said, the highlight culture, like, it's so much different now and, I feel like it, it really does blow people's heads up like you really at the end of the day you know i feel like the camera crew following you like you can't even really focus on your workout because you're too worried about you know what your shoes look like and if you got the fresh lineup like man just go out there and play some ball man
2: i mean muff you already know what i do so i can't bash around it too much either considering the i'm editing some stuff like that but uh i, I just think like you said muff, there's, there's the right and wrong ways i don't think it's a bad thing to build your brand at all i think it's great um, especially with what they can do now. But obviously, like you said, what can you do on the court too? Yeah, is, good is balance is key. But Muff, I think it's that time of the podcast, man. I, I don't know if we want to do it to him,
0: but oh, drum roll, drum roll. It's the favorite time. Hey man, it's recipe of the week. You know, we normally give them the recipe, but today, man, we coming to King's Kitchen. What is your go-to meal for games, or your best dishes? I know Valentine's Day coming up. Recipe of the
1: week, man. Your What's best the recipe, is? man. Let us know. You on the clock? So you saying you saying if I have to cook something, or he's... if I have to go pick something up? Nah, you gotta no, you got to
2: cook. Muff, if he's trying to buy some time right here, you see that? <laughs>
1: it's crazy. <laughs> all right, so look, all right, so look, look. So I went to uh, y- y'all know what Trader Joe's is? Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I went to Trader Joe's. They had this uh, this teriyaki chicken, and then I got a bag of vegetables and I put the teriyaki chicken with the sauce and the vegetables, mix it together, super easy. You can do it probably in about maybe 15 minutes. Mm. But I did that, put it all together. It tasted fine to me. My sister said it was good too. So uh, that's probably my go-to right now. Uh, mm-hmm. I can make fire omelets too. Like my omelets go crazy. Like I, that's the only thing I know how to make omelets okay. and, and stir fry.
0: Honestly, omelets, eggs, and like uh, like the breakfast potatoes with the onions and peppers, my favorite thing, man. Like. If you got if you got a good omelet, you good in my book. And if you like teriyaki chicken, hey man, I ain't got no I ain't got no beef with you. Muff, what we giving him? Hey, uh, he he passed. I mean grading. We are gonna pass it. We might have to try it. We might gotta try it one day. <laughs> so we gonna see. You know we gonna see him roll his sleeves up like this. Hey,
2: King's Kitchen, man. That that could be a restaurant one day. Don't you know? Might have to trademark that. Oh, huh? King's Kitchen, man.
0: Now you know before you go. Of course, we know you're doing a podcast, uh, bucket boards, blocks. And also, I got a project called Resilience. Um, talk to us a little bit about that and also plug literally anything else that you'd like.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got Buckets, Boys, and Blocks, uh, a podcast I do with my ESPN colleague, uh, Monica McNutt. Uh, my project Resilience hasn't dropped yet. Uh, look, I've been super busy. So I'll probably drop that after the season with everything calms down. Um, what else? Just tune into the games. Uh, follow me on Twitter, kingmcclure uh, 22 Instagram, KingDotMcClear probably more active on Instagram. Um, but yeah, just follow me on there and you'll see what, I, what I'm doing.
2: Like I said, man, we, we appreciate you taking the time to come on. And like I said, it was, it was fun to hear you the other night on the game and just made us think like, man, we got to get you on. So we definitely you know appreciate that coming on right. and looking uh, so sure, forward to, to hearing yeah, you call, call some more games.
1: All right. Hey, of course. Anytime, man. Thanks, man.
0: Well, we ain't going to hold you up. I know you got some other things to do, but yeah, if you need anything else from us or anything, man, let us know. But Congratulations on your career. Keep going. Keep inspiring. And keep doing what you do, man.
1: Appreciate y'all, man. For having me.
0: Yes, sir. All right, man. <laughs> what a pleasure, man. Again, you know, thank you to King for coming on. I know he has a busy schedule, just like everybody. So, you know, we definitely appreciate him taking time coming out, man. I thought that was really good. You know, a lot of insight. And it's always good to talk hoops. We love talking hoops. So, getting it from someone who is, you know, been in a high major program, even if they had to play against our Mountaineers, it's always good to talk. You know talk some
2: hoops no doubt muff uh definitely enjoyed that podcast if you like that definitely make sure to check out his stuff catch him in action and honestly just just hear him talking about games um like he said i know he has baylor he, he probably has some other ones coming up maybe if we find them we can tweet him out but definitely try to, to give him a listen um besides that i don't want to date this podcast because like i said who knows when you guys listen but it is super bowl weekend you know, we're talking on the food stuff, man. I, I just want to make sure we got a nice spread out, whether it's for you, a couple people, how many people's there, I mean, whatever. But, I, I mean, the, the food's just got to be right, right, Moth?
0: 100%. I mean, you got to have some nachos, probably some burgers, you know what I mean, if you're in the warm weather. You could do some. if you, if you get in a nice state, you know what I mean, you could throw something on the grill. But you got to have some nachos, definitely got to have some wings. Um. Shoot, really, that's about it. And some yak. Big bottles of yak. <laughs> uh yeah. Oh and pizza! I mean, how can you not? How can I forget pizza?
2: That's where you lost me on the burger stuff. You're supposed to be the food connoisseur, and you're ever just saying you need
0: burgers, like. But I'm always thinking about grilling. No, I feel you. I feel you it. know, I, I think
2: it'll be a fun game, man. And I think, like I said, just have some drinks, have some buffalo food. chicken
0: dip, spinach dip. Damn, it sounds like a lot of good things.
2: Besides that, though, man, like I said, I think next week will just be us. So we're going to really tap into some music, some more food, some things that we haven't hit as much as we usually do on the podcast if you're a new listener. I don't know if that's good or bad for you, but, uh, you know, we'll we'll get into all that stuff, get some more greatest for the music reviews and things of that nature.
0: 74, man. we almost to 100. It feels good, you know. But, hey, it don't matter because if we don't drink our water, We're not drinking the orange juice and getting sunlight and taking care of yourself, man. We ain't going to see it, you feel? So that's what we got to do. Eat your veggies, eat your fruits. Stack your loot. Go to sleep, wake up. Make your money, Scoop. We out. Cut.